Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. something for granted per se, but I treat it as a privilege. But uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for uh, my wife, uh, Desiree here, who uh, just has supported me in the preparation of this, um, who uh, keeps me in prayer above this, and uh, who just honestly is my support, my rock. So I'm thankful for my wife, thankful for my pastor, my parents for, for uh, giving me the opportunity to share the word tonight. And the day, I'm just a vessel, and I'm just here to be spoken through. So with that being said, let's go ahead and start with prayer. Father God, we thank you for bringing us here tonight, Father God. And Father, I pray over this word that you've given me, Father God. Father, I'm just your vessel, Father God. You speak through me, Father God. And us as the church, Father God, let us not get caught, Father, in the physical or what we see here, Father God. Let them see, Father God, and hear the voice behind the voice, Father God, your voice, Lord. I just pray, Lord, you minister tonight, Father God. We bind distractions in the name of Jesus. With this time that we have with you as we seek you in the word, Father God, I just pray, Lord, you anoint this word, Father God. I just pray, Lord, that you minister to our hearts, Father God, and change us and mold us the way that you desired us to be. We ask this, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's go ahead and get into our key text for tonight. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 15. Through 15, 1 through 20 that we're going to be going through tonight. Getting to the uh, words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And how many know when the Lord speaks, there's always something good that comes from it. Sometimes it takes a moment to understand, but the word of the God, that's why they're written and read. And so, some of our Bibles here, even in the tech Bibles, you see that these words are highlighted in red because of how significant they are. So in the book of Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20, we're going to go ahead and start. Uh, then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your mother and father, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he not need honor his father. So. For the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. As we continue on in verse 10, it says, And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. Pay attention to that part. Hear and understand. Jesus is bringing emphasis where he's about to say. He's asking the, the people that are gathered around him, hey, stop what you're doing and listen. But what I'm about to say is very important. This was a revelation that was going to shift, something that was profound and that had not been spoken before. In verse 11, it says, It is not what goes into the mouth of a person that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that this defiles a person. Then disciples came and said to him, 
do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you also still without understanding? And Peter's like that kid not paying attention to class. What was that? And you could see Jesus like, are you kidding me? You still don't get the point? Jesus had definitely some sort of patience for Peter. Had to remind him. And so he goes a little bit further and he says, do you not see that whatever goes in the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? At that point, he's just like, do you get it now? I don't know. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty plain picture right there. So at that point, if Peter doesn't get it, I don't know what else. I don't know if he's got to physically do it, but let's not get into that. But at this point, he continues to say, but what comes out of the mouth uh, proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And so, it was a lot of scripture here. We're going to be breaking this down here in a moment here. But tonight, church, we are going to take examination and inventory of one of the most influential entities in our lives. Does anyone have any idea what that is? We are influenced by food. Sure. Anyone else have any solid guesses of what's the most influential thing in us? One of the most influential things in our lives is our hearts. You see, we as men and women can be led by many things. We can be led by our heads. You know, people that think logically and think circumstantially, they're analytical, statistical. Uh, we are led by our families. We're led by traditions. And, you know, we have families where, you know, my father did this, my grandfather before him did this. You've seen that in, like, different movies and TV shows. The tradition of families. You're led by what's best for the interest of my family. Some people are led by their careers. They follow where the money goes. That's another one. Our finances. You've heard that phrase before, follow where the money goes. And so some people's lives, their identity is associated with, you know, what leads them. And so they follow their career path and see how far they can get in their career. And, of course, like I said, our hearts. At the root of it, we pretty much are all led by our hearts. You know, one of the most popular sayings, and this is in uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, The Sandlot. Um, you guys remember that scene where uh, Babe Ruth is talking to Benny Rodriguez in his room? Remember what he says, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid, and you'll never go wrong. And so that's one of the things that, one of the most popular things that we believe in this world. Follow your heart, and you'll never go wrong. But church, I'm here to advise that our hearts will never go wrong when they're in alignment with God. You see, to love God wholeheartedly is the greatest commandment that he's given us. If you look in Matthew chapter 22, Verses 37 through 38, it says, And he said to him, You shall love the God, the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. You see, when our hearts are aligned with the Father, we are fully devoted to his will for our lives, and our hearts are set on to do what's pleasing to him. But with anything, you know, that we do, it's originated with what's going on in our hearts. Our hearts are the motivator. The hearts are the things that get things going. 
with everything that we do. But as with many things, when Christ is removed from the equation, our hearts become set on what's pleasing to ourselves. We are selfish by nature. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? The Lord, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deeds. Um, and also in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, it says, as in, water, as in water reflects the face, so the heart of man reflects man. And so you see, at the very root of it, our human nature is selfish. You know, us as humans, we... Our hearts and flesh live to satisfy what pleases us at the root of it. But you see, when we follow our hearts unaligned with Christ, our hearts will lead us to do whatever we want the most. Um, it, this book that I was kind of reading as I prepared this message, it's called Don't Follow Your Heart by John Bloom. It says, if our hearts are compasses, they're Jack Sparrow compasses. They don't tell us the truth. They tell us what we want. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Pirates of the Caribbean. I personally haven't really watched too many of it. Uh, but this point uh, brought a great illustration of how our hearts operate without Christ. So basically, in the movie, uh, Jack Sparrow, the main character, of course, played by Johnny Depp, he has this compass with him. It never points north. It points to what the person that's holding it wants the most. And you see, that's how our hearts are. Without Christ, our hearts will lead us to wherever we want the most. And that's not always a great thing. Our hearts can be wicked. Our hearts want the natural things of the world. Our hearts can lead us to it. And that movie leads, it to, leads them away from danger, safe places, whoever they want, and, of course, treasure. And our hearts can operate the same way. And so, especially without God in it, when our hearts are just aligned or led by itself, it can lead us to the things that defile us. And so... Our hearts are not made to be followed. They're meant to be led. We're not meant to follow our heart. We're meant to be led by our heart as it pursues Christ. And so tonight, church, let's, fo let's follow Jesus as he leads us away from these things. And so in this message, I've entitled The Things That Defile. That is the title of my message tonight, The Things That Defile. And so first, what does it even mean to be defiled? It's a very particular word. Um, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, and I, I like this version of it, it's a very articulate version of it, to defile is to spoil something or someone so that thing or a person is less beautiful or pure. Spoil the goodness or beauty of something. And so the things that defile us remove the purity and the beautiful creation that God has called us to be. You see, Jesus brought attention to these things that defile us in our key text in Matthew 15. So we're going to go ahead and go back into Matthew 15 and break down this, uh, this lesson that Jesus was bringing to the disciples, to the Pharisees, and those who were listening around it. And so as we go back to Matthew chapters uh, one, or verses 1 through 2, um, you see here that the Pharisees, as you know, we know them to be, are being the Pharisees. They're bringing criticism to Jesus and the disciples. And so in this case, uh, the Pharisees are bringing criticism for the disciples not washing their hands before eating. Now, this is the one time that I'm going to read. You guys better wash your hands when you come to my house before you eat. I'm going to agree with that portion of it there. But you see, there's more to it right here. You see, in that time, it was a Jewish custom to wash your hands before eating any sort of bread or meal. 
the Pharisees had honor towards tradition and religion, but they didn't have honor towards, they didn't have a relationship with God. Their hearts were not with the Lord. And so they were speaking to this portion of this, this custom because, because the disciples were doing, they brought judgment on them. And, you know, since they weren't washing their hands, they considered that food defiled. And to put that food into your mouth without washing your hands meant you were consuming un, like unclean food. You were becoming defiled as a result of that. But as Jesus was going to recognize this, he brought a rebuke in verse 3. Um, as he, he said, he said, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But if you say, but you say, if anyone tells his father and mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not need honor his father. And so Jesus calls them out for their, their hypocrisy. Their hearts were defiled by the religiousness uh, that they had. They were defiled by their traditions. And in that moment right there, Jesus called them out with their own interest in mind. And he brought forth the prophecy of Isaiah. And so with that here, let's go ahead and continue on. We're going to discover what defiles our hearts, these things that we need to be recognized and be aware of. So the first thing, obviously, we can think the physical things defile us. And so the Pharisees, you see, as we are mentioning right now, they had this issue of the disciples not washing their hands before eating. And so they stood on that basis. And so... Um, Jesus brought something profound right there. That's why he said hear and understand in that moment, because this was profound. The Jewish culture was used to making sure you wash your hands. It was tradition. It was something lineage. And if you went against that, you were unclean. You were unfitting in the eyes of the Lord. And so Jesus brought that profound revelation in Matthew 15, 11, saying that it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. It also kind of says in Mark 7.15, it's a parallel of the same story here. There's nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. So Jesus broke tradition and condemnation in this moment here. He declared that all foods were clean. So he just set the record straight. Regardless of the tradition, We don't. he, he challenged the people to not live by tradition, not live by religiousness. They were set free and move from that and so in this same way and this actually kind of goes into you know what we've been studying here in first corinthians at our life connect group um in the same way it, we get in we get into the topics of what you know what a lot of believers talk about where it's like is it okay for me to drink is it okay for me to do that is it okay for me to consume this or is it okay for me to do this kind of thing um you see jesus sets that free where those physical things will not defile you a drink does not condemn you and send you to hell, but do they benefit you? And so I, before we get into that train of thought, I do want to set that straight where it's just, you know, because um, as Jesus brought correction to that, it also says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not, things are, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And so, you see, we must be, work to be pleasing to the Lord and how we treat our body that he's given to us, but also ensuring that we're not stumbling blocks to those that are around us. Um, so the physical things aside, there's the verbal things that we say to each other that can defile us. What's coming out of our mouth towards others? Are we, how do we speak towards others? We, as followers of Christ, must have the desire to build and edify 
the body of Christ. That's what we're all called to do. We're not we're called to build each other up as iron sharpens iron. We're not called to tear each other down. You see, what we speak about, what we speak reveals more about ourselves than we think. You see, these physical things, the verbal things can be an influence in the things that can really defile us, which first off are mental defilements. And so in Matthew chapter 15, verses 19 to 20, this is where Jesus gets into, you know, what comes out of our hearts, the things that resonate in our hearts, us without God. In verse 19, it says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. And if you thought we missed some, if you look in Mark 7, verses 21 to 22, he adds a few more things to that. He also adds covening, wickedness, deceit, envy, pride, and foolishness. These are the things that defile us. And so you see, the way that we think of ourselves and others can defile our hearts and separate us from Christ. You see, are we holding others in contempt um, that have done us wrong? Do we look at others with disdain? Amen. We also must be vigilant in guarding our thoughts from entertaining the fantasies of things that we wish we could do. What thoughts preoccupy your mind? The music that we listen to and the lyrics in front of the melodies can also subconsciously validate the feelings that are going on in our heart. So that's why it is it is something to be considerate of in the music that we listen to, the films that we watch. That's another thing. The films that we watch and the imagery in them can leave a lasting impression that resonates in our hearts and within our minds. So those movies that we watch, the music that we listen to, we consider nothing, but it subconsciously gets locked in this mental vault that we have here. And depending on the season of your life, they can influence on your outlook of life and they can slowly but surely poison you. You see, are we leaving ourselves susceptible to mental defilements by what we hear and see? That's where we need to check our hearts. That's where we need to check what are we surrounding ourselves with. Because ultimately, it leads to spiritual defilement. So these, the things that spiritually defile us are toxic to our relationship with Christ. This goes into our walks with Christ. Are we taking the issues of our heart to the one that matters the most? Are we talking to Dad about the issues that are going on in our hearts? Do we allow him to even operate and take care of the things that are there? There's some things that are hidden, things that behaviors that we've learned and developed over the course of our human nature, that things that we do, the way that we talk to people, the way that we see things that we don't recognize. And so the enemy can be a spiritual defilement to our heart as well as our flesh. You see, both our flesh and the enemy can deceive ourselves into thinking that what God wants to do for us and the will that he has for his life, it isn't good enough for us. Both, of, both our hearts and both the, the enemy can lie to us about that. You see, they can also try to deceive ourselves in thinking that we're not worthy of God's mercy or grace. We can bring condemn, condemnation upon ourselves. You've heard the saying that we're our own worst enemy. And oftentimes, within spiritual defilements, the spiritual defilements can bring you down and make you feel like this faith walk just isn't cutting it. It's just too difficult. It's just too hard. I'm going through such a hard season right now. It's just not worth it. And before you know it, you've you gained a toxin in your heart. And you see, if we're not examining our hearts for spiritual defilement, we become spiritually dead to Christ. And we separate ourselves from Him. And we return to ourselves without Him. 
Us without God, it's an ugly picture. As you read in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10, I want to bring a reminder of who we are without God, but also what God had came for us to do. Ephesians 2, chapter, or chapter 2, verse 1, it says, You were dead in the trespasses and sins, in, what, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the mind and the, the body, and we were by nature children of wrath, not like the rest of mankind. But God, and here's the reminder here, God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk with him. Can someone say amen? Amen. So now, we can think in midst of all of this, you know, what's so bad about, you know, what's, why do I need to be so concerned with what's going on with my heart? I deal with these things as I go along with them, you know, I just see what's the big deal? Why do I constantly need to be searching my heart for what's wrong with it? Now, if the issues of our heart are not addressed with our Father first and foremost, or at the very least, we're not being accountable with someone that's close to us, it's reflected in the fruit that we produce. You see, we're called to be fruitful in our lives as believers. But based off of what's in our hearts, the fruit we produce is indicative of what the inventory is. So the, what fruit you're going to produce is based off of what's going on. What soil are you planted on? So as we continue on right here, and let me double check. There we go. In Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45, this is a command from the Lord. It says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes are picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You see, we must desire to be bearers of good fruit, as it says in Colossians 1.10 so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So it is very imperative that we take notice, take inventory, take examination of the things that can defile our hearts. Even the things that we think aren't a big deal can turn into a big deal. Uh, you see that all, all these um, spiritual defilements, these, these mental defilements, can either lead us to have bad fruit or even no fruit at all, which is just as bad in the eyes of the Lord. How many of you guys remember that story in Mark 11 where Jesus goes to get fruit from a fig tree? And to God, that looks pleasing. There's some blooms going on. There's some leaves and foliage. There's some nice branches. But it was missing one thing, fruit. And so with that, what does Jesus do with it? He's disappointed, and he curses it. 
He curses it so that it may never produce fruit again. And so with that fruitful, fruitfulness, fruitlessness, it's a, no, it's a crazy word. Basically, to not have fruit is just as much as a sin of having bad fruits. We're called to seek him in the word, but as Jesus said to Pharisees in Matthew 15, we make void of the word of God by neglecting our relationship with him. And so just as we think that, you know, I'm not doing anything great, you know, but I'm also not doing anything bad, to be apathetic in our walks with God, to be stagnant, is a sin in God's eyes. You see, as you said here, we're called to seek him in the word. We're called not to live by bread alone, but to live by the word of God. And so by not seeking him in the word, by not having daily conversations with him, we're also in sin. And so that's another one that we need to repent of. So in closing church, we need to recognize the things that defile us. Some of these things are more obvious than others, as I've mentioned. You know, we can see the physical things that defile us. We can think that, oh, okay, just as long as I'm not engaged in substances, as long as I'm not partying, as long as I'm not drinking or doing drugs or anything like that, as long as I'm clean, then I'm good. But it goes much deeper than that. You go into the mental defilements. You go through the, the thoughts that we have towards others, the thoughts that we have about what we're even doing right here. Or do we have a servant's heart, especially as leaders? Do we care about those around us as we are called to be part of this great commission? And most importantly, are these things spiritually defiling us? Are we listening to the lies of the enemy, the lies of our own heart, saying that this isn't worth it, that saying that this walk is just, it's just too difficult? Are we letting those things poison us? You see, if we let all those defilements go untreated, the result is death. But I'm here to tell you tonight that there's a cure for that in Jesus Christ.